Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. Welcome to church, everybody. You guys ready? Man, you guys are awake. You guys got two cups of coffee or something. Feels good. At least this side of the room. You guys are awake over here. I feel it. I feel it. You guys awake over here? I, I got three. Three that are awake. That's okay. We have coffee in the lobby, and, uh, and you can go get that. Hey, I just want to say um, a big thank you to Kyle Arzaro, who is working our sound back there. Kyle is the man. And, um, and he is honestly so patient with me. I, I, um, I moved the sound booth uh, this week without telling him and completely wrecked the sound system. So if you could hear him getting it all dialed back in, that's my fault, not his fault. And, um, and he d- does such an amazing job. Thank you for doing great sound, for real. <clears throat> Always. Always. Well, good. We've been in a, a series, uh, well, not really a series. I guess I should address the, uh, the elephant in the room, and that is that I told you we would have a guest speaker, and there is no guest speaker. Um, so I, I wasn't tricking you. Um, there was supposed to be someone who's much more eloquent and handsome than me here today, but um, Pastor Jeff Wallace uh, couldn't travel. So um, I'll just leave it at that. So uh, we will, we, I'll be speaking today, and, um, and we will hopefully have him come out uh, soon. Uh, he's actually going to be participating in actually running or facilitating the return, which is a men's event that we've got coming up. Uh, we've got, got about 12 men from the church here that are going to that, and it is going to change your lives. It's going to be the best, most impactful uh, time of your life. For me, guys, it was the best thing I ever did, uh, other than marrying my amazing wife. So, uh, yeah, she, she's awesome. Aww. Very good. Well, um, we, we've been talking about bones. Uh, we got to this series because I was going to do a series on relationships and talk about, like, good bones, like, Good, like a building, like a house with good bones. It may have bad paint, but you can like, if you got good bones, the rest don't matter, right? Like that's, that's what I was going to do. Um, and we ended up not going that way because there's just so many good stories in the Bible about bones. And, um, and I just wanted to preach a little bit. So we've been doing that. Today's going to be a little different than the rest of this series. Uh, but I'm going to talk about some bones that you may not have thought of that are in Scripture. And uh, I think today's one of those one of those messages that it will really uh, it will strengthen you in your walk with God and it will build you. Hopefully, if you receive this, it will change the trajectory of your life. Okay, <clears throat> I got two. Um, so here we go. We've been talking about bones and talking about Elisha's bones uh, when they they threw a body in in the grave with Elisha and he came back to life or the, the the dead body came to life when it came in contact with the prophet's bones we talked about Joseph's bones how Joseph said don't leave my bones here this is not my final destination and um, and this idea of of legacy this idea that uh, that really what we what we leave for future generations is going to be based on what we do today like, if you want to leave a legacy in your life, if you want your life to outlive you, don't start doing that later. Start that now. Like if you want to leave a legacy for your kids, start today. If you want to leave a, a future for a generation, start today. That's what we've been talking about with this idea of bones. Really, this idea of legacy boils down to faith. 
Because the Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things we can't see. It's the evidence of things we hope for. Really, this idea of, of digging wells for a future generation or, or planting seeds for other people to harvest from, uh, that's faith. That's saying, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that God's going to do something here, and I'm going to dig deep wells now. Like, I'm going to believe that God's going to use today for tomorrow. That's, that's faith. That's what that is. I want to encourage somebody. Go ahead and, and, and step into all that God has for you. So today, here we go. Here's some bones you probably didn't think I was going to preach about, but here they are. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says this. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature Manhood. Another translation would say it like this, to be a perfect man. To the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children. Do you know it's God's plan for you that you would actually mature in your faith? There's, there's actually different levels in your faith. There, there's being a child in your faith. There's being a, a, an adolescent in your faith, a teenager in your faith. And there's this maturity in faith. And he says, he says I don't want you to be uh, children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking, in the truth in love, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's a mouthful. But what's going on here is the Apostle Paul is using a method of teaching that we see all throughout Scripture. I think it's, it seems pretty popular these days. I guess I'm a preacher, so I see this stuff more often than most people. Maybe it's just that. But I feel like a, a lot of people in this generation want to tell uh, the church what teaching should look like. Uh, Pastor, you need to be teaching in a very, like, uh, very uh, high level up here. And it needs to be almost academic. That's the only way we can teach is very academic. And I hear that kind of stuff all the time. And I just want to say, if, if you've ever seen something on, somebody on YouTube say, the church just, uh, we can't use illustrations. We don't want to have little church. We want to have super high intellectual church. Let me explain something to you. Jesus taught in a method called parables. Parables is two Greek words, parabole. Para means like parallel, alongside of. And bole means to throw. Parabole, to throw alongside of. This is the method Jesus used to teach. And so Jesus, the way he taught, wasn't like super lofty and intellectual. What he would do is he would take a theological concept and throw it alongside of a physical truth. A tree, a field, a farmer. He would throw a spiritual truth alongside of a, a steward, whatever it was, and through that truth, eyes would be open. This is, this is the biblical method to teach, is to use illustration. Okay? The New Testament authors did the same thing. The, uh, in fact, the Apostle Paul does this all the time. In the Bible, we are, we are, we're seeing these word pictures all throughout Scripture that are intended to bring out theological concepts for us. One of them is this. Uh, scripture tells us that we are like a tree planted by rivers of living water, which in its season bears much fruit, right? It's this idea that your life is like the kind of tree someone would see in the deserts of Israel that sits along a dry riverbank for years, doesn't look like it's alive, and the moment a flash flood comes through, in its season, not in, in specific seasons, in that tree season, when the flash flood comes through, it bears fruit. 
your life may feel like you're just struggling just to get through, like nothing, like you're on pause, you're just kind of moving along. But the truth is, you are like a tree that's planted. Another uh, illustration that the scripture would use uh, for like a, like a word picture of what our lives are like is this idea that Jesus is a vine. He's a vine. And we are, we are branches. We're grafted into the vine. This isn't hard. This is simple teaching. We're, we're branches grafted into a vine. And then Jesus, he says this. He says, every branch which bears much fruit gets pruned so that it can bear more fruit. Have you ever wondered why? Like, why is it that I, I, I live for God, I'm doing, and it feels like areas of my life are fruitful and God is blessing it, but it feels like that area gets pruned back. It feels like, like things are being taken from you. Like, what, what's the point of that? The point of it is there's this simple biblical principle. God says, if it's fruitful, God's going to prune it so that it can be more fruitful. Yeah. There's another word picture we see in Scripture. This is the idea that, that we are like a house. We're like a house of God. Jesus is the chief cornerstone, and we're the house. And, and in, like, ancient Israel, they're not talking about, like, Jesus was, a, like, a son of a carpenter. But we're not talking about a guy that wears a tool belt and, like, has an airless nailer and is, you know, putting sticks together. That's, that's what we do here. We, we put two-by-four sticks together and make a house. In the ancient world, in the Middle East, when we're talking about a house, we're talking about someone that builds with rocks, so a mason. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the one that's hewn. He's the one that creates a 90-degree angle so we know what the house looks like. But the rest of the rocks in the house are, are, are fragmented rocks. They're not fancy bricks. They're, they're rocks that are pulled together. They're, they're rocks that have cracks in them, rocks that are broken. But when we put them all together, it forms a household of faith. Rocks that are gray and rocks that are black and rocks that are red. And, and the truth is this, that in the household of God, we're we not all supposed to be identical-looking bricks. We're not all supposed to have the same function, but the truth is there's people that are broken, there's people that are cracked, there's people that are struggling, and God says, I don't care if you're red, brown, black, or green, I'm going to put you all into the household of faith. I'm the chief cornerstone, I make sure everything's square, but when you guys get into the household of faith, things happen. That gives me hope because I know I'm a broken rock, and I know that, that he can use broken rocks. And in this passage, Paul is using another illustration, and it's this, this idea that, hey, that the body of Christ is like a human body, that it works by every, every joint is what gives it the strength and this energy. Through the, through the, the joints, the, this human body is what Paul is telling us, this idea that, that he, he gives us pastors and prophets and evangelists and teachers, people in our life to equip us so that we can be a body that performs well. And when he tells us this, he's really telling us two things. One is this. He's saying, he's saying that these pastors and people are in your life to equip you to be the body, which means the body's incomplete. Which means the body is not together yet. What I'm saying is like, there are, if you're part of the body of Christ and you're not functioning in your purpose, we got, we got a great theological word for what that is. That's called dead weight. Like, turn to your neighbor and say, you're dead weight. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Don't, don't, some of you are like, you're dead weight. <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting for years. To... But if you're part of the body of Christ, and, you're, and for whatever reason, you're not functioning in what God has called you to do, other parts of the body are missing out because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So the body's incomplete. Here's a great example. For the last six weeks or so around here, I've had people come up to me and say, hey, pastor, um, I'm just struggling with, uh, with addiction. I need, I need help. I need a lot of help. And you know, you know what I unfortunately can't tell them? I can't tell them, hey, we've got a great addiction recovery program. Because we don't. But I'll tell you this. There's probably somebody under the sound of my voice right now that that's always been on your heart and you've been wondering, how do I get going in that? And if you were functioning in what God had called you to do, it would fix that right there. Because that kind of thing isn't the kind of thing where we, we go buy a curriculum and we say, okay, I've never experienced this in my life, but let me tell you what you should do. 
No, what we need is people who have a heart for things from God that do what God is calling them to do. So the body is incomplete, and also the second thing we're seeing is that the world around us is broken and incomplete. That really, the people outside the walls of the church, the people that are in your life that, that you wish were plugged into the things of God, they're great people, and truly, they are meant to be part of the body of Christ, but they're disconnected. And the greatest thing you could do for them is to help pull them into the body of Christ so they can find their purpose and calling. The church is this framework that he gives us, this framework for what it looks like to function properly together in the earth because we weren't meant to do this thing alone. We were meant to do it with everybody else in the household. We are a body of faith. I think it's, it's pretty interesting when he, when he says, he gives pastors, evangelists, prophets, uh, teachers, and, or shepherds and teachers, he says, he says, I give these people to equip the, the saints for the work of the ministry. Yes. And that's directly connected to what this body looks like. One, one thing that tells me is that church is actually not about professional Christians providing a service. It's, it's, it's true. It's, it's not really about professional Christians providing a service. It's, it's really about people being equipped to do what God has called them to do. And, and this equipping, what's really interesting about this word in Greek, the word doesn't quite, trans, like in English we give it the word equip, but in Greek it really means something slightly different. It, it really means to adjust. Especially the way it's used in Greek literature, it's used in terms of adjusting bones that are broken or dislodged. What it's really, I mean, we're talking about a body, and he says that the pastors, preachers, and teachers, evangelists, they're supposed to adjust the bones, to get the bones in the right spot so that the body will function properly. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I remember, <laughs> this is a couple years ago, I, um, I, I go back and forth, like we bought this bed, and anybody, anybody ever get a soft bed and you knew you shouldn't have done it? And then, so my wife and I, we were getting a new bed, and, and she wanted the soft one. I was like, no, I want the one that feels like concrete. She's like, no, we're getting a soft one. And we go back and forth, and then I just decided I'm doing what she says. It works. It works. Um, so we get the soft bed, and shortly after that, I start paying for this soft bed because now I can't even get on the ground with my kids, all right? <clears throat> my back, my right here, just lower back on the left-hand side would, like, get so painful, I, you know, like getting down on the ground. <laughs> it was like, the, and then I get on the ground to play with the kids, and, the, and I, I needed help to get back off the ground. It hurts so bad, hurts so bad. So I go into the, the doctor, and I'm like, uh, the, the chiropractor, I said, hey, I... I can't move. He said, well, what, what are your goals? With, what, are your, what are your goals? What would we like to do? What do we want to accomplish here? I was like, I just want to play with my kids. That's all, that's all I want here. I just want to play with my kids. He says, okay, we can help you with that. So um, I, they, they do an x-ray, and they're like, oh, your back is healed up just fine. And I said, what do you mean healed up? He's like, you, you broke your back. And I said, no, I've never broke my back before. <laughs> And he said, he touched me right here, and he's like, you remember this? I said, yes, I remember that. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, it healed up, okay? It, it was broken, but it healed up. And then so then he prescribes this whole long routine of like three days a week going in, having them pop my back, and then doing physical therapy. And after months of like three days a week popping my back, popping my back physical therapy, they began to adjust my back to the point where I was finally able to play with my kids and enjoy life again. It's through this, this adjusting that we get in our place in God, that we get into our purpose. Because the truth is, guys, our world is broken. And our primary function as a church is to be bone menders, to adjust people and help them get into the place where God has called them to be so that they can fulfill everything they're supposed to do. Like, our goal is not to fill this room full of people. Our goal is to get all the people in this room adjusted so that they're doing what God has called them to do. Let, let me say it like this. Like, at the end of the service, we're going to give people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. 
But, our, but like if you thought this Christianity thing was about being saved, then you missed it. It's actually not about being saved. That's step one. That's just getting you in right relationship with God. What it's really about is you being part of the body of Christ. He's the head. You're the body. And you're functioning in the world to redeem the world back to him. The real point of all this isn't salvation. The real point of it is you functioning in your God-given purpose so that you can flip the world on its head as the early apostles did. That's the real point of all of this. And so uh, when we're talking about this idea of, uh, of, of getting in our function, like I, I just can't go past this quick announcement, and that is that we have a thing around here called Crash Course. If you've been in the church for any length of time, you've heard about Crash Course. And the reason we do Crash Course, it's, it's a simple onboarding system where we, where we just help you identify where you're gifted and called and where the church has opportunity and maybe where there's opportunities that haven't been developed yet. And let's get you functioning in the way that God has designed you to be. Imagine if you were actually living your life the way God called you to live it. Destiny, moving things forward. It would be amazing. And that's what we do. So first, the first and second uh, week of every month after the first service, we have crash course. If, if you're like, I just don't know why I'm here, crash course. That's how we get there is crash course. So Paul, Paul gives us this, this image, this illustration of a human body. And he talks specifically about the joints that, uh, that are, that are, used, that are using, used in the body to, to give it function. Really, he's talking about this idea that we have a skeletal system. Does anybody remember, um, any 80s kids? Got any 80s kids? Do you guys remember Mr. Slim Goodbody? Yeah. <sighs> oh, my God. I was going to play a clip up for all of you that weren't subjected to that. I remember in, like, kindergarten, I had to watch Mr. Mr. Slim Go- Goodbody was this guy. He had leotard top and bottom with, like, the human anatomy all in it. <laughs> and he would sing these horrible songs about, like, our, our, all our different systems. Um, and you're welcome for me not playing that. <laughs> but I learned in the second grade, I learned about the skeletal system from Mr. Slim Goodbody. And I learned this. I learned the skeletal system has some functions in it. It's got a purpose. And one of the first purposes of your skeleton system is that it gives you structural support. It's the thing that holds everything together and creates this structure that is able to accomplish things. That's one of the first purposes. The second purpose for your skeletal system is that it provides protection in your body. It protects all your soft organs and the inner tissues. It protects them. The next is movement. It allows for functional and dynamic movement of the body is through the skeletal system. And the fourth thing is really it, it supplies and stores nutrients in the entire body. That's what it does. So I just kind of want to punch through this because I'm, I'm using this illustration that Paul does of a human body. He says this, or, or he, he says that we, we are like this, this body. First thing I want to say is this, is that the church is where you belong. It provides structural support for your life. He says, I don't want you to be like children tossed about by every wave and wind, every scheme. I want you to have some structural support in your life that keeps you stable. You ever feel like you're a flag in the wind sometimes? Can't make up your mind flowing this way and then that way? What you need is some structural support. You, You need some people in your life that will help you stay firm. With that, what I'm saying is this. You belong here. You belong here. And the enemy of your soul will convince you that you don't belong here. And what he'll try to do is to isolate you from other believers. Get you to come up with a way that not, I, I can do this whole thing on my own. I don't need everybody else. And, and that's fine. You do that. But I promise you will not grow and you will not be strong. Lone wolves die alone. Yes. It provides structural support for our lives. He says, I, I want you to be a mature man or, or a complete man. He, this idea that I, I want you to grow in your maturity. 
But growing in your maturity and faith, it, it doesn't say, I want you to be able to perform well. He's saying, I just want you to be the bone that you're supposed to be adjusted right in the right spot in the body. So to be a mature person in the walk with God, it's not about having perfect morality. It's not about performing just exactly how God wants you to perform. It's about landing in the spot that God has called you to land. And so it's really about position, not performance. What I'm saying is like, we're going to work on the performance. We're going to work on your morals. Someone's like, you don't believe in morals. We're going to work on all that. But really, if you want to see maturity in your walk with God, it will happen when you figure out where you belong. It creates structural support so you can move forward. Because getting close to God is not about performance. It's all about position. Like, you know that, right? Like, getting right with God, like, even coming into a place of salvation has nothing to do with how good of a woman or good of a man you are. It's all about the righteousness of Jesus Christ alone and our faith in his finished work, our faith in his righteousness. And through that, we are given position. We're given a spot. And through that spot, we find function. I remember I used to, I used to run. Uh, back when we lived in Alaska, I would run. The, the Lord delivered me from it, though. <laughs> Lord delivered me, but I, I was running for a while. I uh, I started running, and um, I, I I would run back and forth on this one road, and started out like I would run like half a mile, and then it grew to a mile, and then it grew to like long distances uh, for me, the very long distances. And um, and and I was as I was running back and forth, and get, felt myself getting stronger and healthier. And I remember one time uh, I was a youth pastor at the time, and this. There was a girl in the youth group that just said whatever was on her mind. Anybody ever meet somebody like that? Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and she's, like, she's like, hey, Pastor Roger, I saw you running, and you were super slow. I was like, are you kidding me, Nicole? Come on. You were in a car. I don't think you're the best judge of my speed. So she was right. Like, yeah, I was running really slow that day. But, but what she didn't know was that was the farthest I'd ever run up to that point in my life. What she didn't know is I was breaking barriers for my own, like, mind and physical ability running. And, yeah, I was going slow, but I had been running for, like, three hours. And so based on performance, yeah, you're going really slow. But based on position, I was farther than I'd ever been. I'm telling somebody, like, your performance may look a little slow right now. The, the way things look may not look perfect right now, but it's not about performance. It's about position. You're probably farther than you've ever been in your walk with God. You probably walked through more difficult battles you've ever been up to this point in your walk with God. And so, yeah, it looks like you're sluggish, and it looks like you're slow. But the truth is your position is functioning just the way it ought to be. So you belong in the house of God because it provides structural support to your life. The next thing is this, is that church is where I'm secure. You're safe in the house of God. And I get it. There's people that have, you've been to churches that you weren't safe in. Ah, Anybody ever been there? I grew up in that church. But I'll tell you this, the truth is that your bones, your skeletal structure, your skeletal structure don't just help you like stand up, but they also protect all the soft organs on the inside. And you may have been in a church that was judgmental and full of shame and condemning, but I want you to know that's not the house you're in now. You're in a place where you got all the time in the world you need to grow. Like you got all the time in the world you need to get healthy. And we just want to tell you that you're safe here. You're safe here. I remember I, I'm going to tell another uh, working out illustration because um, I also I went through the running phase and then I went through the working out phase. Um, working out phase was really because my doctor said, uh, you can either take pills for your stress or you can work out. And I was like, I'll just I'll work out. Um, and so I, I remember I was, <clears throat> I was at the YMCA, which is great because there's a lot of people to watch you mess up at the YMCA. And... Uh, <laughs> I was doing the bench press, and I had, like, more weight on there than I probably should have had because 
uh, I, I may look bigger, but I've got like a really weak chest. And so I'm like, <laughs> the peer pressure, like, ah, <laughs> and get it up there. And I, I didn't really, uh, you know, didn't do it properly. I had my, I wasn't holding it properly and it slipped out of my hands. Um, it came back, boom. Which is humiliating, right? Like, let's just put that as, that's humiliating. Um, right in front of everybody. And then you have, like, all these people coming up, helping you lift the weight off of you. are like, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I got it, I got it. They're like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I'm good. It was it, just a little red bruise. I was fine, no big deal. But, but at, at the end of the day, if I didn't have ribs... I'd have been dead. It would have crushed my heart and lungs. The fact that I had these ribs kept my body alive in that moment. And I just want to tell you, like, sometimes the church may seem clunky. Sometimes it may seem hard to build relationships with people. But I'm telling you, you need bones in your life because those bones will protect you. Because life, get ready for it, it's going to knock the wind out of you. I'm telling you, there are going to be things you encounter in this life that will slam and crush you. And if you don't have a good skeleton, if you don't have people around you that say, no, 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 I got this. I'm in for the long haul. I'm here when you're hurting. I'm here when you're laughing. I'm here when your kids are stupid. Like, I'm with you. You need people like that. You need people in your life that are in 100% all the time, all the time. This world's going to keep telling you, no, you don't need anybody. No. You need a skeleton. Paul says that we are a body that's like bones that come together. Why? Because you need it. Because you're not going to be able to absorb everything in this world. You need some people. Right now, somebody said, no, like God's not going to put anything more on me than I can bear. That's not actually what the Bible says. No, it does. He, I got on my fridge. <laughs> it says that there would be no temptation put on you so great that you could not escape it. Come on. It doesn't say there's nothing you can't bear because there are things you were not designed to bear alone. Temptation, there's always a way out. But there are things in life that will crush you. And if you don't have people around you, a good household of faith that will support you, it will break you. I know that's not like a, ah, he's in the word, word. But it is. But it is. Next thing is this, is, is church is where I grow. You're going to grow in the household of faith. Like, like you're going to get strong here. The bones are meant to give you movement, which allows everything to expand and contract and get bigger. You're going to grow. Our, our American concept of, like, self, we're so, so individualistic, hyper-individualism. So we're, we're like, no, I'm, I'm super unique. I'm more unique than all of you are unique. And God isn't saying, I want you to be super unique. He's saying, I want you to be part of the body of Christ. I I want you, you be unique. You be you. But at the end of the day, it's that corporate identity of I am part of the body of Christ. Not I am a ballerina. I am a baseball player. I'm an engineer. I'm an architect. Like, that's great. Do those things. But you are also part of the body of Christ. That's identity. It's who you are. And through it, you will grow. You'll get strength when you're part of the body and the family of Christ. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I just like my free. I like my independence. I don't, I don't like other people, you know, in my world. Listen, you can have independence and bondage, or you can have dependence and freedom. You can have other people in your life, And have absolute freedom. You know why I feel so free in my life? Because I've got other men in my life that know where I fail. And they'll call me up and they'll be like, hey, it's it's this thing's going on. I know this is the kind of area where you struggle. Are you doing okay? Oh, I just don't want someone checking on me. No, I want people checking on me because when I have people in my world, I can be free. 
this idea of strength come, it comes from being part of the body, like protecting our mind by being around other people. It preaches really good, but it's hard to do. It preaches really good, but it's really hard to actually go on the church web, website and join a group and then show up. But I don't feel like going. That's when you need to go. But there's no groups that I really like. Like, they're studying the Bible and gold mining. That's weird. (laughs) I guarantee you while you're gold mining, there's going to be conversations that come up that will get into the real parts of life. Guarantee it. You've got to get in a group. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18.1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out of all sound judgment. Don't isolate yourself. You grow in a group. In fact, when we look at Jesus, Jesus, when he disciples people, he always disciples them in groups. Jesus never disciples one. He evangelizes one or he reaches one to bring them in. But when he's building people, it's always as a group. You've got to be in a group. Why? Because at the end of the day, one foot doesn't cross the finish line without the rest of the body crossing the finish line. Like, we're all in this race, and when one of us gets through, we're all getting through. I think sometimes... We, we just become jealous. Oh, I just don't, she's just getting so blessed. Like, God's just doing something in her life. And I, I just wish God would do that in my life. No, like, you're part of the same body. Yeah. And when she's getting blessed and he's being restored, like, you are being blessed and you are being restored. Like, that, that's why I don't like to miss Sundays, because I get to see people giving their life to the Lord and see marriages coming back together and seeing people recovering from uh, alcoholism every single week, seeing people, and they're crossing the finish line, which means I cross the finish line, which means you cross the finish line. Which means every time that you serve in the Sunday school department, you're helping them cross the finish line. Which means every time you lead a small group, you're helping them cross the finish line. Which means every single time you do something, you're helping us all get there. Churches where I nourish and I find nourishment. This is one of the most interesting things about the skeletal system. We all understand that it provides structure, we all understand that it protects us. We all understand that it facilitates movement and growth. But really, the very thing that nourishes your entire body begins inside the bones in what is called the marrow. And in the marrow of your bones, red blood cells are created. And those red blood cells bring oxygen all over your body And they gather up all the carbon dioxide around your body and they bring it right back and they expel it out of your body. All the nutrients that's in your body, comes that's excess, comes right back and gets stored inside those bones. In fact, the bones, as they supply nutrients to the rest of the body, they are supplied with strength from the rest of the body. If If you thought coming to church was really just about coming to get fed, you missed it. I have people tell me this, they'll say, I, I used to go to the other church, I just wasn't getting fed over there. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. What you weren't doing was you weren't serving over there. Because when we pour out to other people, we grow. When we give nutrients to other people, we receive the nutrients in response this this idea that, man, I think a lot of times we look at the church and we just think, man, the church has just really missed it. No, the church, it's not that the church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites who are, you know, are just bad people. No, it's just the church has lost its function. In America, that's really the problem. The problem really is that the people in the church just need to start new, giving nourishment to the other people in the church. Imagine what would happen in your life if you began encouraging people every single time you got around them. I promise you'd start to see encouragement. You can't encourage others without getting encouragement yourself. Imagine what would happen if you'd bring joy to people around you. 
I'm telling you, you would receive joy. As the band comes right now, imagine what would happen if you began bringing peace to the people around. Every time you saw somebody, you're speaking peace and life into the world. I promise you, you're going to receive peace in return. And when somebody comes through the doors of the church, or the doors of your small group, and you show them acceptance and love, I promise you, you're going to receive acceptance from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because we're like a body. And through the bones, it says this, it says, the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You know, when I went into the the chiropractor and they were working on my back, he told me that really, he said, your back hurts down here, but what's out of alignment is way up here in your neck. He said, because what people don't realize is if one part of your back is out, there's like three or four places that get out. And I'm telling somebody today, you've, you've been coming to church, you've been, you've been in the house. What you're really looking for is to get out of the bleachers, get on the field. That purpose you really want in your life, it doesn't come through more knowledge. It comes through rolling up your sleeves, saying, God, whatever you have for me, I'm in. God, I'm, I'm in. I want everything you have for me. And when you step into that place where you're doing what God has called you to do, I promise you someone else in the body is going to straighten out a little bit. Someone else is going to receive a little more health by you getting put in the spot God's called you to be. Would you stand with me, church? You know, I've had several people over the last few months ask me, Pastor, what are we going to do about all that's going on in the world around us? What are are we going to do with all all the craziness that's going on? I agree, we live in crazy times. And, And just, if you've been alive since about March last year, you know how crazy it's been. What are we going to do? Let me tell you this. I do not believe Jesus is looking at the world saying, oh no, whatever shall I do? I think he's looking at his church saying, you're the plan. You're my, you're my plan. There." You are plan A, there is no plan B. Like if you would just function the way I've designed you to function, a lot of this, like all of this would be restored. I'm, I'm saying like, like if the church operated the way God designed us to be, imagine what would happen in the world. So today, if you're ready, say, man, I, Pastor, I, I kind of have just like been a receiver, and that's good. You receive as long as you want. We, we got people that come, and we're right on the boulevard. So we have people come, and they're super honest. So like, I'm just church shopping. I'm like, thank you for being honest. But if that's why you're here today, you're a church shopper, listen, I hope you had a really good shopping experience. But what you're looking for isn't a service or a product. It's not like Walmart or Fred Meyer. What will really answer that church shopping piece is if you find where you belong in the body of Christ and you run down that lane. And if that's here, we want to help you get there. But if that's not here, wherever you land, make sure you roll up your sleeves and serve. Get involved. Get involved. Let me pray for you all across the room. If you really just feel like the Lord's speaking to you right now, as I'm praying, raise your hands just to receive what I'm praying. And um, 
believe that God's about to do a, a work in this place. Jesus, Lord, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we do not turn to another. We turn to you. But right now, God, we've got some people that are surrendering their lives a step further than they ever have before because they're surrendering and saying, God, I want to be your hands and your feet. God, I want to be the shin bone. I I, want to be a cheekbone. God, I just want to be part of your body. I want to move this ball down the field. I want to to do what you're trying to do on this earth. So right now, Lord, I pray that you'd release some people from their fears and their anxieties. God, I pray those things that are holding people back from accomplishing what you've asked them to do. Right now, those insecurities and anxieties, those excuses, be gone. And right now, somebody stand up in all that God has called you to do. Be the woman of God that he's called you to be. You are a mighty woman of God. You are a strong man of God. So stand in that position and do what God is asking you to do. I'm telling you, we will all be better when you step into your lane and into your position. there first service I just I just felt like doing this and I hope I hope you're okay with us praying at church that's kind of what James says if there beest any sickest amongst youest let them call on the elders of the church we pray God would heal So right now, if you're sick in your body or you need healing, you need deliverance, or you just need some sort of need, it's COVID, I'm not asking you to come to the front, but I'm saying if if you want to jump in, I'm going to pray right now that God will move into people's lives, and if you need that healing right now, put your hand up. Come on. Good. Guys, I believe in a God who heals, who delivers, Stores. And if you believe the same, I want you to stretch your arms out to someone near you. We're going to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we, re- we release healing and strength in this house. Your word says that by your stripes we are healed. So God, we stand on your word. We believe every word that comes from your voice is true. So bodies receive strength right now. Bones receive healing right now. Minds recover right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, minds be healed. In Jesus' name, healing and strength in this house. Receive it, church. Receive it, church. one more thing maybe everybody could put your heads down and kind of close your eyes just to provide some privacy to your neighbor but if as I was preaching you just felt like you wanted to get right with God you felt like there's a desire inside of you to be really close to God and at the exact same time you feel very far from that's you and you want to you want to close that gap you want to make yourself right with God that you put your hand up nobody's looking so quick come on oh my goodness come on guys this is going to be simple here's what we do we repent and we believe repent means we're going to turn away from the things in our life that we know don't please God especially the way we think that we know doesn't please God. And then we're going to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to do that, join me in a prayer, something like this right now. God, I'm sorry for the things in my life 
that I know don't please you. I'm turning from them right now. I don't ever want to be that way again. God, not only am I turning away from the way I did things, but I'm turning away from the way I thought, especially the way I thought about you. Forgive me. God, forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ died, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day. And right now, I'm placing all my hope and faith in Jesus. Say these words, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And I'm going to follow you every day that I live. Come on, church family. There's about 12 people that just made the best decision of their life. The best decision of your lives. Listen, never underestimate the power of a decision. There's strength in a decision. But don't let the decision stop there. You're not called to make a decision. You're called to be part of the body. So now that you've made the decision, get moving towards the body. Get plugged into the body. And God is going to bring growth and strength and protection into your life. I believe it. I'm excited for you. I want to give one quick announcement. This Thursday, it was in the thing, but this Thursday at 7, at 7, we have a worship and prayer night here at the church. It's not preaching, any of that, but there's live music. It's just worship and prayer. But it's a powerful time, an encounter with God. If, if you're ready to move farther in your walk with God, maybe you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whatever it might be, this is going to be a great place for you to come and be a part of what God wants for your life this Thursday at 7. God bless you, church. Let's respond to the word through some worship. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.